Welcome to the Pilot Podcast, where we watch the pilot episodes of TV shows and recap other shows to answer your question, should I watch this? My name is BJ. And my name is Me Too. And this week with our special guest, we're checking out the WB pilot, Aquaman. So how about y'all introduce yourselves? I'm Ronnie from the podcast Ending Pending. I'm Andy from the podcast Ending Pending. I'm Evan, and I do machines, and I'm also from the podcast Ending Pending. Awesome. Cowabunga, dudes. So let's dive right in. Me too. Do you want to give us a summary of the Aquaman pilot? Okay, let's do this. The summary of this pilot episode is Arthur is separated from his mother, Atlanta, while they were flying over the Bermuda Triangle, where he has stayed since that mysterious event where they were sucked into the ocean and she was ripped away from him by potentially sea monsters. He's not sure because he was a baby, although his age is kind of questionable throughout the pilot. So he may have been 10 or 8 or 7. And we're now in present day, 10-ish years later, where he has stayed in the same Florida town near the Bermuda Triangle, trying to learn what happened with his mother and trying to reunite with her. And then other mysteries abound as he discovers that Atlantis may be real from a very scarred Ving Rhames, and that there's more than meets the eye in his town. And he has superpowers. And he has superpowers, and he can hold his breath underwater for a really long time. Yeah, he's like a merman. Well, he's Aquaman. Like an Aquaman. He's like yeah. an Aquaman, yeah. <laughs> is Florida near the Bermuda Triangle? Ish. It's off the coast, isn't it? I think one of the I think one of the points of, of the Bermuda Triangle is like the southern tip of Florida. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I had thought it was further south than that, but what do I know? I can tell you where the Shire is. I can tell you where, you know, Winterfell and... Storm's Zandar, I can't tell you where the Bermuda Triangle is. I don't think the writers of Game of Thrones even can tell you where Winterfell is anymore, because that trip to King's Landing took, what, six hours? Yeah, yeah, it was very, very short. Look, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. We're in the end game here now. We gotta, we gotta get the Whatever shit done. Whatever it takes. We got, we got three episodes. <laughs> okay, crew, what were your initial reactions to Aquaman? So I watched this as it aired and I was so into it. I thought it was such a great pilot. I was so ready for a full show and then it didn't get picked up and uh my hopes and dreams were were crushed. But I loved it when it aired. Rewatching it now, oh boy. I still think it's not the worst pilot I've ever seen. I think it's a decently strong pilot, but it's uh its cracks are showing a lot. This watch for the podcast was my first time seeing it. And it gave me extremely early 2000s vibes. Yeah, right? It, very strong early 2000s. Like, it felt like a Disney Channel original movie, which I don't necessarily dislike. I'm not sure how I would have felt about it at the time, though, because it would have just been in context at the time. Yeah, I agree with Andy. It's not the worst pilot I've ever seen. Definitely. It's a little bit odd. It's a little bit, like, campy, but in a fun way. I do feel like it was trying to set up too many things. I was just going to say the same thing, Andy, that I just feel like... Like there is a great deal of conflict in this late 90s, early 2000s bro beach movie made into a TV show. I hate to say cut out like the only female character of substance, but the pilot and her story, get rid of that. Get rid of the like washed up PTSD Atlantean who warns Arthur. Like get rid of that. We don't need these like weird subplots going on about like people missing and out of time. I Just would focus agree. on Arthur. I started zoning out when that the dude who got trapped in Atlantis, when he turned is, up, I kind of zoned out. Isn't she from the past too? Yeah, find out she's also from the past. 
Yeah, this cut, is what cut, I mean. Cut it's that all, stuff out. It's, it's a we little too it. much. I start my eyes kind of glazed over by that point in the show. I was like, okay, we've got the guy, we've got his conflict, we've got his major character motivation, and uh, that's a season three storyline for me. I didn't mind all of the side plots and all of the kind of lore they were building, but I do agree that they tried to do too much in the pilot. And uh, me too, and I recently watched Ultraman on Netflix, and our complaint was that it took too long to get to the action. So I feel like. If they just had the second half of this pilot as the whole episode, it would have been more fun and I would have been more accepting of all of these plot lines that we won't find out until later because at least I see something going on with the siren. I thought that was a pretty cool villain. A lot more gory and graphic than I was expecting for a WB show. A lot of blood. They're trying to be edgy. I also thought she was Wonder Woman. She is. Well, she is, but I thought that she was Wonder Woman until oh, she in, in this, someone. Yeah. And then I was like, I don't know that she would do that. Because we watched Wonder Woman right before. So we were like, no, <laughs> we know her. Is this a crossover? Yeah. So here, here's the Andy fun facts. So for Smallville and the DC franchise and the CW, they had a deal that when the CW was done with Smallville, they would pitch another show to DC Comics. And DC would either give it a thumbs up or give it a thumbs down. And then the CW could end Smallville. So Smallville was supposed to end after the fourth season when Clark graduated high school. And that's when they pitched Aquaman. And they even set it up a little bit in Smallville. They like reference it, the pilot. The DC did not like the Aquaman. So they axed it. And then I think season seven is when they pitched Wonder Woman. And as we all experienced, Wonder Woman is a garbage fire of a pilot. Yeah. Uh, which we'll be talking about on Ending Pending, uh, some cross promotion. It didn't make it to air though, right? It did not. Aquaman didn't either. It was an online exclusive, mm-hmm. which was a big deal back in like 2004 or whatever. It's funny how the actor who played Aquaman showed up on Smallville as Green Arrow, and then what's her name? Adrian Palicki. I'm a, I'm a very big Adrian Palicki fan. Both Aquaman and Wonder Woman showed up in like Supernatural on the CW, and then has gone on to have like an actual successful career. They both have. Yeah, uh, Justin Hartley is now on This Is Us. He's doing all right for himself, too. They've both been... They're all still working despite these pilots. It's funny that they kept tapping Adrian Palicki for their pilot. She's in the Supernatural pilot. She's in the Aquaman pilot. She's in the Wonder Woman pilot. I'm sure every actor has a whole pile of bad pilots 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 that they were in. (laughs) But yeah, that's the that's the fun story of how these got made, is that the CDW just kept trying to get rid of Smallville and they couldn't kill it because DC kept bashing their pilots. And that's how we got uh, the Green Arrow show. Uh, they pitched Green Arrow and DC said yes, so they killed Smallville. Oh. Finally. Third time's the charm. BJ and I have talked about this, but I do not like the guy from Green Arrow because he said bad things about Beyonce and... <laughs> oh, oh, I heard you bash him. Uh, he... he he groped me and tackled me to the floor, and it was a very uh, what? It was a very great experience for me. So it was it was at a con, and it was I yeah. mean you know cosplay does not equal consent, but also it, it did in that case. He had yes. full consent to grope me and wow. tackle me to the floor. Uh, I was in a very very good Green Arrow cosplay, and he was very excited to see me and possibly a little drunk. I great don't combo. think he should have been attacked by the internet, but I just don't understand accessing passionate feelings about popular artists there are few artists i would run away from a concert from to avoid hearing and beyonce 
certainly does not make that list. She's a queen. I, I adore her. My brother is like a hippie who's into some weird stuff. Like, I don't know. He's He was very into Tool for a while. And we were just sitting in the car once and out of nowhere, apropos of nothing, he was like, I don't think Beyonce's ever made a bad song. And I was like, okay, I mean, I don't think you're wrong, but um, <laughs> I did not expect that out of you. It took you a while to get to that conclusion, mm-hmm. but we're all on the same page. While we're off topic, I'm going to geek out about your podcast for a minute and ask you both questions. BJ, have you watched more Always Sunny? No. <laughs> oh man, you're missing out. I'm I'm from Philly, so I was like I was with you me too. If you have any show recommendations for BJ, I'll just let you know now. BJ is one of those personalities that I I admire a lot because I am so malleable. But BJ, if he does want to do something, he does it whether whatever, and if he doesn't, you truly have to make the case. And that is like choosing where we want to eat. Like, no, you're not as intense about that. But movies, shows, things that will take time. uh, BJ is is unmovable. I make firm decisions and I stick Mm -hmm. with them. I don't know anyone like that. I can respect that. Cough, cough, Andy. (laughs) I can respect that. (laughs) Yeah, I'm... I'm right there with you, BJ. Uh, although uh, Always Sunny is great. I believe that you enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, me too. Have you watched more Sabrina? I haven't. I instead oh, have man. been getting... Now we're just being called out as liars uh, or as people <laughs> who don't engage in television, even though we talk about it. I have. I just get updates from BJ on it because I've never seen him binge a show ever. And he doesn't really do Netflix that much. So BJ will just come over to my home and tell me what's happening. And then I feel like that defeats the purpose of then watching Sabrina. You're staying on top of it, though. There there you go. I know what's happened so far. I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but BJ has caught me up through the most recent uh, second season. We're working our way through season two. It gets better. Second half is better than the first half. I just have a huge crush on Cousin Ambrose, so I'm going to keep watching. Mm-hmm. Is that the one with the hairline? Mm-hmm. That's yeah. not great. Yeah, <laughs> y'all really just like hair. Yeah. He's, he, he's still hot. Yeah, he is. He is. He just needs like a black yeah. barber on set. And he, yeah, he for struggles sure. this season. That's all I'm going to say. He's having a rough time. Yeah. He's like very sweaty and naked a lot. And it's okay. It's a good look for him. <laughs> He's like crying a lot. So Aquaman is a, yeah, another shirtless wet guy. Very wet. Very moist. I must say uh, all of the underwater shots with the green screen are very bad. They're very bad. They're very poorly composited. I can always tell when it's like an out of focus green screen underwater scene behind them while they're in the pool in the foreground that's, you know, six feet deep. Yeah, I I think the CGI definitely doesn't hold up. I had that same complaint, but I just don't think it's much worse than any other like 2006 decom budget movie. Yeah, Um, it's very it's very Doctor Who, you know, like like Eccleston era Doctor Who. The CGI didn't bother me. It was specifically like the composite images underwater were very distracting. I do think as a positive that the uh, like makeup and prosthetics were very good. The siren makeup was real cool. Cool costume. Did you guys notice that when they had the shots in the real water that the actors were always like naked for a moment? Yep. Like there's a naked child. The siren was naked. I think even Aquaman was naked. Oh, there was a, I remember the naked baby because it looked like the album cover. It looked like the Nirvana cover. Yeah. 
Yes. I don't remember any of this, but okay. BJ and I watched Wonder Woman and Aquaman back to back. So I just feel like I got a lot of that actress's breasts because you saw like a lot of side boob when she dove into that water. Mm-hmm. So much, so much side boob for Adrian Padalecki. Palicki. Palicki? Yeah, I feel bad for her with that Wonder Woman costume. Boy. Yeah. Yeah. So I am not a comics person. Clearly. Uh, I realize that although I've seen, I guess, the last couple, uh, whatever this is called, Avengers things, movies, I don't know anything about any of the others. <sighs> I apologize. I can see your face through the screen. <laughs> You've seen You're Aquaman, good. though, with Jason Momoa. It's okay. So the Avengers movies have gotten to a point where they're essentially all the same now. Yeah. So if you've seen one, you've seen all of them. I think I've seen them all. Except Ragnarok. That was fantastic. I like them all. Me too. I also like them all, but they are pretty formulaic at this point. I like the ones I saw, I think. They just plug in their ingredients and come out with a, a pretty good tasting pizza every time. <laughs> but with Aquaman, my question is, so does this fall somewhere in a universe so you said that they were setting this up. They were trying to set it up via Smallville. So does it fall somewhere in a universe? Is it like Marvel where it's organized? And I know that this Spider-Man movie is supposed to be set somewhere relative to the events in Endgame. Is that how we're supposed to be thinking about this show? So the Marvel comics are kind of different from the DC mm-hmm. comics and that you could pick up a Marvel comic from like the 70s and it's still technically kind of in the same timeline. They have to, like, every 20 years do some shenanigans to make it all still kind of fit. But They have to magically de-age people or freeze somebody for a while. But Marvel, Marvel's consistently had, like, a, a straight shot timeline. And so the MCU is kind of adapting stories, for the most part, from the Marvel comics. DC, you have the Silver Age, you have the Golden Age, you have the Heroic Age, you have the Modern Age, you have the New 52. They like to like hard reset constantly. Mm. And so I'd say that this Aquaman pilot is kind of taking inspiration from one of the Aquaman of the various DC comics universes, where he like grew up by a lighthouse and like didn't know he was the king of Atlantis for a, for a while. That's one of the like Aquaman storylines from the comics. But it is trying to fit into the Smallville universe too, which has a lot of like high school angst on top of it. So I haven't heard much from you, Ronnie, yet. So I- I'm going to lob this question toward you. Sure. How old is he? <laughs> BJ and I couldn't tell. Um... <laughs> That's a good question. Because his dad said he was supposed to be at Stanford, but he also owned a business with his friend. But he also was ripped from his mother 10 years ago, and he looked about eight when his mom was taken from him. I would I would guess he's probably in that, like, if we're, like, li- like Andy said, moving on from Smallville, trying to kickstart something there, in that, like, 19 area where you're definitely post-high school, not quite a full adult, mm-hmm. still technically a teen, which all these shows love to, these very old, very ripped teens. Yeah, how old was the actor? I told you he was our age. You you said he was our age because he looked like he was our age, but yeah. is he? Is he like 27, 28? He was our age when he did Aquaman. Word. So, Aquaman. One thing that always stands out to me in all these superhero shows is the portrayal of superpowers. So, I'm interested to know from all of you, did his power seem cool enough? Because I feel like all we really saw was 
fast swimming and long breath holding. Yeah, I was going to ask, can we list his superpowers? Maybe I super don't... strength? Maybe? But only underwater. Well, only when he is sopping wet. That That is a, a huge <laughs> caveat. He can apparently punch real good. As long as he's doing the, the ice bucket challenge, our Aquaman can just do the best kicks and hits. When Ving Rhames' flask was full of water, seawater, whatever it was, <laughs> I I was not enjoying the pilot until that moment. And I just let out the healthiest cackle because, my goodness, <laughs> this like hardened man, it's it's absurd. It's very good. He drinks seawater to keep himself, you know, hard and, and grizzled. Nothing will ruin your mood like a mouthful of seawater. So I- he just swigs it all the time i will say that like i can't remember much from the comics or anything else like black mer people so like that's really cool yeah it's a nice mix yeah he did strike me a little bit i think i wrote in my notes something to the effect of this is like green mile set in florida because he was a little bit of like a magical negro oh that's fair he had all the answers but had to withhold them at certain times he was like when Morgan Freeman plays God in anything or rest in peace to who was it that was the Green Mile? Michael. Michael Clark Duncan. Michael Clark Duncan, Omarosa's ex-fiance. Yes. The credit I'm sure he is, he is most excited about people knowing him for. That's his real title. <laughs> I just finished shame reading her book, so it's it's top of mind. That's legit. He is like this wise mentor who comes out of nowhere to educate this white boy. I saw him in line with like Ben Kenobi, Ooh. but I associate everything with Star Wars. Uh, so I like I'm not at all saying that you're wrong. I think the Star Wars comparison is probably what they were going for. Like, yeah, you're the more experienced seasoned merman. And now I'm going to teach you the ways of our people. And I think to the show's credit or explanation, he had all those scars on him. Clearly, he's battle-worn. So perhaps we would have seen more had the show progressed past the singular episode. (laughs) Past one episode. One of the things that immediately jumped out to me was that in the principal cast, the the characters that we had met kind of from Jump Street, uh, for 2006 and a male-centered show, we had a surprising amount of women in the principal cast, mm-hmm. albeit white women, but, you know, still, um, which I was, you know, interested in, excited about, was not super crazy about the fact that all of them started dropping like flies from from the first two minutes of uh, of Atlanta going down and then his friend from the bar and then Adrian Palicki's siren character. And then even Torres has to have a tortured backstory, it seems, or, or a, a very um, suspect backstory. And it was just, it felt like it was trying to do something good. And it just fell back on the tropes of all of these characters are just here to cause man pain or to build up this wonderful swimming boy, this Aquaman. <laughs> <laughs> this good, good swimmy boy. Uh, yeah, the bartender friend, she was uninteresting to begin with, which made it really clear that she was just there right. to get yes. killed in mm-hmm. that scene to establish the stakes. And that was real annoying. Yeah, they also had very bad chemistry, I felt like. Fun fact, though, Denise Quinones, who plays Lieutenant Rachel Torres, was Miss Universe. She was Miss Puerto Rico and is the fourth Miss Miss Universe from 
Puerto Rico. Wow. So, you know, Wikipedia is really delivering. <laughs> it's really making up for my lack of knowledge in the, in the DC. <laughs> yeah. And she won all of that before this pilot. So this was like her... Well before. Her trying to get into the world of acting. Mm-hmm. I think she won in 2001. And now she's the national director for Miss Universe Puerto Rico, in case you were further curious. Yeah. And I think her character was good. She didn't have much to do. She just got rescued and then was getting roped into a conspiracy theory, but I think she had potential. Yeah, they were definitely setting her up for a lot of big things. I'll say this for the show. Um, I feel like for formulaic Monster of the Week shows, I digged this concept. Like having Aquaman fight a different you know, creature of folklore or mythology from the ocean depths. There's a lot you can do with that. And yeah. I'm always down for a nautical adventure. So yeah. not a lot of, th- I haven't seen many um, oceanic monster of the weeks. So to have that as a, as a, uh, a standard on this show would have been interesting. Everyone was trying to redo Buffy, but different and Buffy, but Buffy, but sexy, Florida. sexy, half naked, Man is, I guess, uh, an interesting take, but with water. But it does bring up the question, did really no one in this Florida town ever see these twisters like right off the coast? Because they popped up multiple times. That was my confusion as well. That's kind of what I was asking. Like, if the Bermuda Triangle is right off the coast of Florida, wouldn't it be a lot easier to find people? I mean, even I mean, I'm assuming it's not like within sight range, but like. Man, I was assuming it was out further into the middle of nowhere. Well, it's not easy to find people because magic is why they keep disappearing. <laughs> yeah, I liked the plot device of the storms and of the Bermuda Triangle, if only because it brings the Aquaman story, it brings that Atlantis world to the surface, which is, I think, a a struggle that both... Uh, the the most recent movie and any iteration of Aquaman on screen has faced is just how do you make that kind of a character, that kind of a world work up here where cameras are good and we don't have terrible composite blue screen and stuff like that. That's the kind of thing where I feel like this was two different shows of, like you said, Andy, the monster of the week, you know, fighting a different sea villain every week. And also, well, a bunch of people from Earth are going missing from time to time. Like, I would have preferred they continue along on the Earthbound plotline until maybe the show gets a better budget and they can do more cool stuff underwater with better villains. Not to say, you know, Adrian Palicki's costume and makeup and, as you said, were really good. But to do that long term, I think you need to get a little more established up here on the surface. There was a shot of him shooting up from the water to the f- top of that boat to keep fighting her <laughs> that made BJ and me laugh out loud. <laughs> it was it oh, was for sure. <laughs> His pose didn't even make sense. He just kind of like was locked in one spot and just lifted out onto the boat. BJ's reenacting it by the way, listeners at home. It's very good. It's very dramatic. Using my acting skills from middle school. That doctor comes in handy. I can learn anything. Unclear if any of you followed this, but uh, I followed very closely the Felicity Huffman, Lori Loughman, and other rich parent cheating scandal because I am obsessed with Big Little Lies IRL. 
And one of my favorite parts of the all of those depositions and testimonies that they released was this one family trying to fake their student being a polo player. And the coach had to email them back to say that they had photoshopped the kid at an unnatural height. And I immediately thought of that with Aquaman coming out of the water because I'm just picturing some teenager because they didn't know, right? So like sitting in his kitchen and his mom like snaps a picture of him and they try to Photoshop him like (laughs) knees up above the water, (laughs) like scoring a basket or whatever you do in polo. He doesn't know either, but it just, it really made me laugh. So I immediately thought of the admission scandal, which I don't know what that says about me or America, but that was amazing. I didn't know about that, but that makes this whole thing, college admission scandal thing, much more comical to know that they took it to such a like sitcom level where they were photoshopping their children into sports teams. I, I knew about it, but it's, it is very comical at, at that point. That's why Aquaman never made it at Stanford. The Photoshop quality just wasn't that good in 2006. All he could do was swim real fast. Okay, that's another question I have for all of you, especially the comic book nerds of you. So what I'm reading from this so far is Andy and BJ. Maybe the other two as well. (laughs) But does he strike you as someone who would have gotten into Stanford? Because he said he hadn't done a book report since sixth grade. And Stanford is a pretty academically rigorous school. So Swimming scholarship? Would that have been it? They open doors for athletes left, right, and center, so. He could pull a Zach Morris a la Saved by the Bell, and he just did really good on SATs and got in. Like Will Smith on Fresh Prince. Remember when he got a higher score than Carlton? The SATs are a very, very flawed system and very corrupt system, but if o- they are worth it if only for the our sitcoms to have great plot <laughs> devices to get these actors into mm-hmm. college. Yeah. Yes, the SATs and IQ tests. Also, is his dad a, an army man or something? He's a Coast Guard officer, Lou Diamond Phillips, as Tom Curry. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that's got to help your college admissions essay or something, I'm sure. Oh, that's true. I was about to swear again, but put some, like, patriotic drivel, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I swim good. It was also strange to me that... We'll talk later about the Wonder Woman pilot, but there is a scene in the Wonder Woman pilot where she kind of takes stock of her powers and is like, you know, understanding of what's going on. At no point in this show does does Arthur Curry really like question. Th- does does he yeah. question it? Does he like he questions the existence of Atlantis when Ving Rhames starts to tell him about it? But like he can swim way faster than I'm sure anyone he knows can hold his breath for a long time, and here's dolphins talking to him and at no point is he like i'm not saying we need an origin story here but it's just like we joined it in media res and we're not sure if he's grappling with it or if he's just like cool with it he's certainly not doing anything good with his life well he is you know rescuing dolphins and all that but he's not like thank you for bringing this up ronnie because this has bugged me is like this boy seems to not know that he has superpowers, but at the same time also seems to know that he can swim as fast as a jet. <laughs> that was and that was has insane. has has never been like, oh wait, you you can't do that? What you you don't right. talk to dolphins? He's the only one what applying himself is what's happening. It's it's very <laughs> comical. Yeah, they normally put that in just for the sake of exposition, just so emotionally you kind of like can take stock of the situation and know where you're following this 
this guy. But yeah. Yeah. It would be nice if he acknowledged his powers and like this revelation. Because even after the siren attack, when he was being told about Atlantis, he's like, you expect me to believe that there's like a lost city? But it's like, you've just seen all of this crazy stuff happen. You have this glowing necklace that you think is pretty normal. But Atlantis is when you go one step too yep. far. Yep. I don't believe you. Let me ask these <laughs> dolphins what's up. Let me <laughs> Actually, about his glowing necklace when he came up on that guy, I thought that that guy was him for a while. So I was real confused when their little best friend necklaces lit up and tried to connect. That was... All these conventionally attractive white boys look the same. I was like, why is he behind glass? Like, I thought he got arrested. I don't know, because he kept missing those dives or whatever. I was was a bit confused for a a few beats. A very uh, silly confusion of mine is, for some reason, the necklace on the new guy was turned in such a way that I knew it was supposed to be a seahorse. I knew it was supposed to match Aaron's, but it kind of looked like Trogdor from Homestar Runner with like the beefy yeah. arm out the side. And I was like, what? <laughs> what are they trying to establish here? What is <laughs> there's seahorses and also beefy arm dragons about to show up. these? What is what is the symbolism? This is like your fall 2018 show review when you thought someone's staff was like a magical staff and not a group of workers for the I feel bad show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that was mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. <laughs> that yeah. slow burn of discovery. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Uh, can I just say, I've never seen someone as ordinary looking as, I mean, he's very attractive. This, the main character, uh, the guy Justin who plays Hartley. AC. Yes. He's very attractive. AC. Hated <laughs> that, by the way. AC. We can just call him like art or something. Like, you can't just. AC, that's my cool guy name. That's my surfer Sona. That was very cool um, in 20, 2006. But yeah, that dude is just like so conventional looking that he's almost invisible. He's almost imperceptible because he's just so extremely like he's like a stick figure, like a default human. Mm. Is what that his guy looks his like. face has a lot of angles, which we have covered on Ending Pending is, is, is a fancy of mine. Um, mm. He has a very angular face. And also, I have watched enough of This Is Us to have like an emotional, visceral reaction to him. So, like, I'm Fair. probably biased there. I only watched the pilot of This Is Us. I liked it. It's a good pilot, but I should probably go back and watch more. Anyway, what I'm saying is stop casting dudes who look exactly like that. Like, I love Jane the Virgin, and I think Justin Baldoni is so hot. And I think, like, Jason Momoa is an extremely attractive Aquaman. But sometimes when people are that attractive, to me, they're like inaccessibly attractive. Whereas someone like an AC, <laughs> I can probably find at the Whole Foods on 14th and P. It gives you hope. You'll find your own Aquaman. Mm-hmm. It's why I think so many people find, and I don't think this is controversial to say, someone like Michael B. Jordan attractive because he just looks like a, a slightly hotter version of the people I went to middle school with. And, and like watched grow up, not the slightly hotter version of a 12 year old. <laughs> but just, he just reminds me of people that I knew growing up. And I think there, there's a level of attraction there too of like, oh, this is someone I could potentially see on a dating app. If I saw like Pedro Pascal out and about in my daily life, I don't know how I would like handle seeing someone that attractive. That's what I'm life. saying. But if I saw, but if I saw someone like, Justin Hartley, who who like is attractive, but is not unholy uh, like yeah. attractive. Looking in the Ark of the Covenant, attractive. I, I see what you're saying. 
I'm not saying cast. You can picture yourself with him. I'm not saying cast just astoundingly good looking people. I'm saying cast, cast interesting looking Agreed. people. Like Benedict Cumberbatch is kind of funny looking, but at least he's, and like, to be fair, he's kind of played out now. I'm, I'm not into him as Doctor Strange, but he's got a really interesting face. You know, you can't mistake that guy. Like that one guy is the only guy with that That's face. That's true. I feel so. similarly about the guy that plays Chris Hemsworth's brother, Loki. Tom Hiddleston. Tom Hiddleston. Good face. I think I like he's that very cute. attractive because he's very a little attractive. weird looking. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Cast dudes or women or anyone who's just a little not quite boring. Brienne of yeah. Tarth. Sure. She's gorgeous. Yes, Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie. Is very gorgeous, beautiful. but like gorgeous in a very unconventional way. Fun fact, Tom Hiddleston and Gwendolyn Christie dated for a while before they were both Ooh, famous. I like that. Mm, wow. You like that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is a fun fact. I didn't know that. Yeah. All right. Anything else or? I guess one last thing. Since this show was a pilot, they didn't actually decide on the title. So I thought we could all go around and give our thoughts on the suggested titles or maybe even our own idea. I know what Ronnie's suggestion is going to be. I, I don't know so what Ronnie's suggestion is going to be. When, uh, oh, it's going to be... Mm, <laughs> <Molly> just, <laughs> this is hard, ending pending reference. That's a very recent uh, And it is a very good already reference. already forgotten about. <laughs> yeah. That's an option. The other working titles were <laughs> uh, <laughs> Tempest Keys and Mercy Reef. Ooh. Yeah, the initial, the initial title... As I was told back in 2006, when they were trying to get the show picked up, was Mercy Reef, uh, because that's the name of this the town, and Smallville is the name of Clark's town. So they were trying to like get it into the Smallville universe, and I really liked that name, so I'm going to keep with Mercy Reef. Okay. What was the other option? Tem- Tempest Key. Tempest Keys in Florida. Oh, okay. Then I think Mercy Reef is better than that. I didn't know if like that had a significance. Maybe the in, uh, necklace or keys that cause tempest mm. in the ocean. That's true. Open up your third eye. I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, Mercy Reef is good. I think it sounds like a little bit like an underwater hospital. It does sound like it, 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 like, <laughs> like it would come on after General Hospital or something like that. Yeah, I would have just called it like Tempest. Ooh, I like that. That sounds cool. Yeah. yeah. Tempest is Aqualad's superhero name once he grows up, though. Well, that sets that up. Then that's cool. I think Tempest is an interesting enough title for a show that you're intrigued. You know, like Tempest. And like, that's what the, is that about? That's the first Aqualad, not the second or third Aqualads. So nerdy. I only think of Tempest in terms of the girl who was on the Cosby show. Wasn't that her name? Tempest Bledsoe? Yes. Oh, yep. yeah, yeah. Is that Vanessa? Or was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. We're doing yeah. a lot of I, I think of here. the Tempest. As it, isn't there a Shakespeare play called The Tempest? Yes. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. There is. That's there an is. elevated thought. We're the, yeah, we're the intellectuals, know. Ronnie. I've got my leather bound complete works around here someplace. Okay. So I may not have done a book report since sixth grade. I'm very into William Shakespeare, but, um, Billy yeah, Shakes yeah. has some good stuff. Just don't put a the on it. The That's Tempest. Sure. The Aquaman. <laughs> the Aquaman. <laughs> Put it in a cool early right. 2000s font, oh, yeah. you know, Tempest, and have, like, the title card with, like, a lightning bolt behind it. Like, you know, a photorealistic lightning bolt. Speaking of the title card from Aquaman, it was weirdly, like, had, like, skull and crossbones around it, which is, like, 
you could do a choice for that being the aesthetic, but like it wasn't. It wasn't the choice that they made at all. Yeah. Had the first Pirates of the Caribbean in movie 2006. Yeah. I think it had to have. I think that was like 2003. Were they trying to like cash in on that? They were trying to cash in on that. That's another movie series I completely missed out on. Anyway, so Ronnie, what's your vote? For the title for this pilot? I think I think I'll go with the moist triangle. I don't like that at all. I don't. I don't like that one bit. That sounds like genitalia. In, in retroactively, I don't like it either. I don't. Uh, no. The more I think yeah. about it, <laughs> we're gonna get disinvited to this podcast. I don't. So take two, Ronnie. <laughs> Take two. Make sure we don't get that explicit tag on iTunes here. I would say, I don't know, maybe go all the way to like a campy kind of thing and call it like Aaron's Adventure or something like that. That sounds like a book I read in middle school, I feel like. Sure does, yeah. Make it very like Voyage of the Frog and just have like, you know, he doesn't want people to get hurt. So he's just going to like sail out to sea and just not have to deal with any of the, the earthbound folks and Maybe Ving Rhames shows up. Ving Rhames has to show up because, as he says at the end, the lesson isn't in the ending, it's in the journey. Thanks, Ving Rhames. He spoke in parables. He spoke in Live, Laugh, Love Pillows. Yeah. So, me too. Your vote? I like Tempest. Okay. But specifically how Evan blocked it. Thanks. I appreciate that. That's very validating. That's a visual gag, so I apologize <laughs> for the listeners, but with the lightning bolt and the two thousand the mid two thousands text and all of that, then that's that's how I want to see it done. You know what? I'm changing my vote to Tempest just because of the like fake nerd boy internet outrage over making a show about Aquaman and calling it Tempest. <laughs> They'd be so mad. Yeah. And uh, anything that pisses those people off is a win in my book. Make those sad boys suffer. I can already see a Reddit post about it. <laughs> I would go with, as simple as it is, just Aquaman, so it can blend in to the rest of the what would then be the Arrowverse, but I guess this would start it, so it would be the Aquaverse. Ooh. Ooh. There's, a, there's an sense. alternate reality there's a- out there where that... That that exists. I think there's a very compelling argument to be made for just naming it Aquaman. Was the Wonder Woman show just going to be called Wonder Woman? We don't know. Oh, we don't have the title for that yeah. either? I feel like it would have been. They tried reason. to bury that show. It, it is difficult to find out. Shall that. hear why very soon. Stay tuned. That's a hint to go listen to Ending Pending. All right. You ready to wrap it, Beach? Sure. So how about you give everyone kind of a heads up on what our rating system is like? So for our rating system... We try to do a practical rating system. So it's would watch again seriously. If this show had gone to air, you would have sat down every week with your loved ones and tuned into Aquaman. Would watch again casually. You would have caught it whenever it was on. You could miss a couple episodes, but still enjoy it whenever you feel like watching. Would watch while folding laundry. So that's a little bit distracted. Would watch with wine, something more salacious like a scandal or how to get away with murder, and would not watch again. It's not for you. Is this as us as our 2006 selves or oh. us today? That's a good caveat. I I would love to hear both because it sounds like you specifically enjoyed it in 06. Yeah, I was a very different person back in 2006. <laughs> but you were the target demographic. Oh, I was the target yeah. demographic. Yeah. So do you want to kick it off? Sure, I'm gonna I'm gonna create my own. My yeah, own do props. it. We do that sometimes. Um, Go for all it all the time. Actually, 
Oh, I, I, I did my help <laughs> you guys. That sounds weird now, though. Oh, gosh. Um, anyway, Aquaman, I would have watched it religiously in those Eric's. I was, I was real excited when the pilot came out and I was huge into Smallville at the time, like in 06. I graduated in 2010. So yeah, I would have like just been a freshman in high school and this would have been right up my alley. Watching it now is very, very unlikely. I still like poke my head around the superhero shows. Like I watched Daredevil on Netflix and really liked that. And Jessica Jones was tough to get through, but like, I enjoyed it. It was just, you know, I couldn't binge it. I had to watch like one episode at a time and then watch really happy stuff. This is nowhere near that level of good. But, uh, you know, I still poke my head around Arrow and The Flash and Legends. So I probably would have, if this was on today, I'd probably watch an episode here or there. Casual. Would watch again casually. Got it. Yeah, would casually watch. Now that I said a lot of words, babe, you should go. (laughs) I would watch while folding laundry. That's the case with a lot of shows. I like sort of background noise, and I like something that has some kind of a story that I can kind of follow, but that I'm not super, super invested in. And I can't really see myself being super invested in this show, but I think it's interesting and different enough that I would have one ear tuned to it while I did something else, you know? Hmm. So yeah, watch while folding laundry. Okay, Ronnie, you're up. So nowadays, I feel like I would probably watch while folding laundry. The caveat being that if it was intertangled with other DC Universe shows, if the Flash popped up, if, you know, if if Arrow was on there from time to time, I am a a sucker for that. I am the reason that movies and television are awful and bad now because everything has to belong to a larger universe. It's my thing. I want to say that in 2006, this would not have been on my radar. I knew one friend who liked Smallville and I was just like, I had no idea. I was in that, that prime age where I wasn't comfortable enough with myself to enjoy nerdy stuff and, and, and let that kind of get to the core of me. Uh, I, I, probably would not have watched again in 2006 but it's definitely something that i would have like come back to in like 2012 and been like oh no why have i deprived myself of this and regretted my my uh my adolescence in middle school as you know as i do about most things i'm actually very similar i think 2006 me would not have watched this my my interest in the whole superhero world had not really started up yet but now, I think this would go the same way as Arrow, Flash, Supergirl. I'll watch the first two seasons seriously, and then I'll stop watching. Yeah. Uh, I would say, <laughs> this is hard. In 2006, I was a teenager, but I wasn't into teenage content. I've never seen The O.C. or Hills or other shows that were targeted toward me. I just wasn't interested in it. Plus, I only watched sitcoms. That's when... The Office and 30 Rock were on TV. So that's pretty much where all of my passions were. But I would say now, I, I, I probably still wouldn't watch it. I In my mind, I thought I was going to say that I would, but <laughs> I realized I wouldn't as I'm thinking out loud. <laughs> I would only watch it if BJ and my partner Charles are close and they love superhero things. So sometimes they'll watch at my home. So it's kind of like would watch 
casually or would watch while folding laundry in that I'm usually just on my phone while they enjoy something. So probably in that sense, I I may have watched if it came on in my home. If it proved to be teenage soapy, then I'm totally in because I've recently learned that I love teenage drama. I really like Riverdale. Yes. <laughs> if it proves to be something like that, where like hot 25-year-olds are playing 17-year-olds with a lot of issues, then yeah, I'm in. Uh, I'll say this too. If they had queer characters show up on Mercy Reef or Aquaman or whatever it's called, I'd be way more invested Tempest. in it. Tempest. It's uh, called Tempest. Could have been episode two. We'll just never know. That's true. Yeah, we'll never know because I'm still watching Legends of Tomorrow only because of the the good, good queers on it. You got to imagine that, you know, if we got deeper underwater, you know, in in like that water space, maybe people would be more gender fluid. Ah. You you get it? Yeah. Thank you. Well done, Ronnie. I'm happy with it. Well, like we said in the beginning, this is a collaboration with Ending Pending. Can you guys tell our listeners where they can find you? Absolutely. Uh, we are on endingpending.com. You can follow us at PendingPod on Twitter. Follow us at PendingPod on Facebook, at EndingPending on Instagram. Send us an email, PendingPod at gmail.com. And you can also find us on the Lunar Light Studio network of podcasts at LunarLightStudio.com. Also, just to tell you what Ending Pending is, we're a podcast that discusses television shows that have only lasted for a single season. We do deep dives, so we cover one show in about four episodes to really get into the meat and potatoes of what worked and what didn't work. So definitely check them out. If you want to hear more of the Pilot Podcast, head to thepilotpodcast.com. And you can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher Radio, and Spotify. And be sure to leave both of our podcasts five-star ratings and really kind reviews and your title for the Aquaman Pilot. Yeah. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram at The Pilot Pod. You can like us on Facebook at The Pilot Podcast. You can send us show suggestions. I keep saying this. Thank you for all of the ones you've sent. We promise we're making a calendar. These collabs have pushed it back a little <laughs> bit, but we hope you like these too. To ask the pilot podcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs>